Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to AEW Review, presented by the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast and by PWNNewsroom.com. I am your host, Jim Renier, a.k.a. J-Dash, and welcome to this week's edition of AEW Review. Of course, if you follow the show or our past shows of Raw and SmackDown, you know how the setup goes. Four subjects, four topics that happen on the show, and one topic that was outside the show that has relations or interest or connections with the AEW or vice versa, the WWE and the SmackDown Raw. So let's get into the show, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, in every show, pay-per-view, event, whatever, the key of promotions is the way to go. For you to push a storyline, to push an angle, to push certain wrestlers or certain events, a good promotion does that. We had a couple of them this past Wednesday night on Dynamite, including a part two segment of Scorpio Sky's upbringings as a wrestler from his debacle of not wrestling again to his resurgence of being with SCU and now him portraying himself as an individual that looks like he wants more in the AEW. He doesn't want tag team titles. He wants something more. He wants something more important, like a singles championship. And he said, Scorpio side, and he quotes in his thing, that I want to be remembered as a legend in the AEW. The other motions that we got throughout the night the Bubbly Bunch, Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, the Proud and Powerful, Sammy Guevara, got themselves a little bit frisky. What do you expect for a bunch of guys on quarantine? And the Bubbly Bunch did just that. They want you to hate the Inner Circle. They want you to hate the Inner Circle. And it's very hard to hate this faction, this stable, that is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Proud and Powerful, and Sammy Guevara. Each week, each promotion is great. It's like what we see in the WWE, especially with characters like Triple H and The Undertaker in the past. They become heels so bad, and they end up being too much of a heel that they become a fan favorite. The inner circle is starting to become that. Maybe it's because of these promotions, or maybe because they're not having any matches at this time. And that's most likely the reason why there's no matches happening. So I can get where they're coming from with the, these little videos and the popularity. And the next promotion that we get into is MJF, the class clown of the AEW. He's literally the epitome of the heel, of the heel, of the main heel, of the badass of the AEW, MJF. As we know, he recovered from his painful hangnail and accidentally cutting himself with a razor. Could have cost him longevity in the business, but looks like he got that under control and he's healing up. He did mention a couple things like he did last week and he did this week about the AEW Championship. We do know that a certain champion has not really had a real storyline with anybody recently. Um, we are getting close. We're about a month from Double or Nothing, so we might see something brewing there. But MJF is sticking his head into things. Uh, MJF, his bodyguard, is doing some things. But MJF is a classification, the pure definition of a heel in this business. He's young. He's an asshole. Excuse my language, but it's true. These podcasts are not meant for kids. But damn. From his promotions, his interviews, his in-ring talent, his 
freaking uh, wardrobe just screams prick. Just screams asshole. That's MGF. And that is how you become a good heel in the business. Another promotion that we saw this past week was Dr. Brent Baker. I like her as a heel, but I do not like how the AEW is constantly pushing this uh, narrative and this storyline with her and Joey Giovanni. I really don't like it, but it's you know it takes up TV time. I understand where they're going with it. But honestly, Dr. Brent Baker, DMD, should be doing more in the ring than doing stuff in her office where she does her business. And of course, we had a big time, big time promotion hype video from the champion himself, John Moxley. Moxley was somewhere in the desert, maybe in Phoenix or California, talking about he can't wait to be in front of the fans. He can't wait to prove why he's a true champion. He can't wait to uh, get back into the arena. And he was comparing a lot of stuff of his career to the pandemic that's happened in the world today. I'm not going to say it because apparently YouTube docks your um, views and Anchor also flags your account if you say the, the um, typical, the actual pandemic name. So I'm not going to mention that. But John Moxley went on and to disguise or to discuss what he's going to do with the AEW Championship, what he can't wait to do, and what he's looking forward to doing. And also he tells you to uh, stay safe. Shop at your local restaurants or local businesses and call grandmother. Epic. That's a good way for the promotions, um, especially a good promo by someone who has always wanted to do good promos, but the other corporation or the other promo, uh, the other company, you can say, I didn't allow them to. So, let's get into the next subject. Squash matches. <sighs> And I know if you listened to last AEW or last week's AEW uh, review, or if you listened to Raw and SmackDown reviews over the last couple of weeks, you can you really know my opinion about squash matches. I don't like them, but I know what they're trying to do. Squash matches are just like promotions and promos. You're trying to push a narrative, push a storyline, push a rel, um, wrestler, or push in some type of uh, plot to connect with certain storylines. And we saw a couple of guys out there this past Wednesday night. Brody Lee uh, just completely demolishes Marco Stunt. Um, poor little guy. I don't know why uh, we keep seeing him go up against Matt Mammoth. Marco Stunt a couple weeks ago went up against uh, Lance Archer. And oh, jeez. Um, but I don't like squash matches. I really never did. But I get where they're why they're there, especially during what's going on. It's usually you can get wrestlers who are within the vicinity or within a short driving distance that you can get them and you know they can perform uh, their job and their ability in time, in safe place, in a safe manner so you don't have to uh, worry about um, you know, mass chaos. But other matches, you got your, your Warlord defeats Musa. Uh, I kind of expected that. That was a short three-minute match. Uh, that was connected with a couple of promos uh, as well uh, and some hype videos and commercials. And also, Sean Spears, who has been on a roll lately, but I really can't say he's on a roll because he beat Baron Black. I think last week he beat Justin Law or Lee Johnson. I forgot who he defeated last week. But Sean, Sean Spears, the perfection that he is, um, got the win easily 
this match, uh, same as Warlord, same as Brody Lee, we're just trying to push these guys' um, these guys' characters and their abilities in the ring. Of course, they're three heels. Um, of course, if you know that Brody Lee is the exalted one of the Dark Order, you expect him to show some power and strength. Um, one of the matches I would love to see in the AEW is Brody Lee versus Lance Archer here in, in soon. Uh, I really do think that match would be very entertaining between two guys who are very similar in size. I think maybe I think Lance Archer might be a little bit bigger than Brody Lee, but then again, I, I haven't seen him next to each other at all. But squash matches that go, you know, that's what happens. You got to have squash matches and you got to have storylines build up to pay-per-views or special events. So right now, AEW is doing their best to build up certain storylines to beef up a pay-per-view, which is one of their biggest, Double Nothing is one of their biggest pay-per-views um, in the company. So they got to, you know, start getting ready to force some good storylines, matches, and promotions for Double or Nothing. So let's get to the serious part of the podcast, the main two segments, the best friends, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, in a no-disqualification tag team match. And of course, Penelope Ford and Orange Cassidy were in the building as well. I'm going to have to say this. I'm going to say it very quickly. Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes was a hell of a match. Cody Rhodes, Darby Allen was a hell of a match. But the best match of the night, in my opinion, was the best friends. Um, this match was incredible. Nonstop action throughout the, throughout the match. It was action-packed. Exactly what a disqualification tag team match needs to look like in wrestling business it's not what you see in the wwe or tna or impact or wherever you watch your wrestling i you know i said tna they're not around anymore i meant roh um but i can't i can't degrade roh like that roh is awesome but tag team matches especially no disqualifications can get a little bit interesting this one was incredible. Jimmy Havoc is known to be in these type of matches in his whole career. Him and Darby Allen share the same characteristics of wrestlers in that type of uh, wrestling style. Kip Sabian, uh, high flyer, up and comer. He was on a little bit of a winning streak until he uh, had until he lost to Dustin Rhodes last week in the TNT Championship Tournament, and then he lost this this past Wednesday against the Best Friends. The Best Friends, of course, uh, capitalized on a couple key moves, a couple of chair shots. Um, a couple of moves with, a, I think there was a ladder there as well. I think it was a, overall a very, very exciting match. The reason why I saw it, I said this was the best match of the uh, night is because it was action-packed, had a lot of st had a lot of story-driven energy into it. It really impressed me, and I give all the credit to the world of the best friends, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Uh, a great match for a, as you know, the circumstances that we're in right now, but awesome match. The best friends do defeat Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Um, best friends are slowly moving up on the rankings in the AEW, and that's what you need to see. I think we were starting to see maybe some challengers for the tag team champions, who are, of course, Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. They are the current AEW tag team champions. And the current first contenders are the Dark Order, but they haven't been really um, involved in any of the storylines lately. But it looks like the best friends are getting the push. Best friends came in AEW as one of the top uh, tag teams in the company. Um, they're very exciting to watch, and I really expect them to. I thought they were going to make them a push a couple months ago, or this time last year, like to start off uh, AEW. But it's pretty cool, and I'm really excited about it. 
And I like seeing the best friends make get a push that they deserve. But the main topic of today, ladies and gentlemen, and for AEW Dynamite for this month, April 29th edition, is the TNT Championship Tournament semifinals. As you know, Cody took on Darby Allen, and Lance Archer took on Dustin Rhodes. Cody and Darby Allen started AEW last week. Awesome match. Good match. Exciting match. How it ended was very uh, interesting, you could say. It was kind of a little bit like the cameraman decide to move the camera to a certain angle because it looks like Darby Allen messed up on the finish, but they didn't want to fully show it. As, as the match ended, ladies and gentlemen, Cody Rhodes used a coffin drop on uh, Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen, of course, uh, kicked out, did a couple of the moves, and Darby Allen ran up to the top of the turnbuckle and did his coffin drop as well. And bam, Cody Rhodes turns over, does, does a little quick little small boy, turns over Darby Allen, and one, two, three wins and advances in the match. It was a hell of a match. Darby Allen was, of course, you know, shocked and depressed. But if you want to talk about rising stars in the AEW, Darby Allen is going to be a force here. I know if you've listened to a lot of his interviews on Talkies Jericho, I uh, think beyond the beyond the rope or inside the ropes and a couple other podcasts out there that you can see on YouTube that are much better than ours. Um, they actually get detailed information by these guys' interviews themselves. Darby Allen has made it known, especially on this Talk is Jericho podcast, that he uh, has really no interest of winning or going after a championship belt at the time. He just wants to present his character and you know, concentrate on his character buildup. But that that interview was also six months ago, so there could be a chance that we might see Darby Allen get a push here. And as if you're an AEW fan like myself, that have watched the AEW over the last couple of months, you can see that Darby Allen is improving, is getting better, is riding up riding up those rankings. And um, he may not be the guy that's going to be in the TNT bracket or rankings all the time. He's going to be a guy that's going to be always competing for the AEW championship. And of course, usually you don't have faces first faces for titles um i don't expect darby allen to get anywhere near the uh AEW championship anytime soon uh, i think once the rankings come out next week i do think darby allen will still be in the rankings and i do think that cody rhodes or cody and lance archer should be out of the rankings of the AEW championship because they're currently in the AEW tnt championship final See, I just gave you guys the hint. The TNT final, Lance Archer defeats Dustin Rhodes. This was a complete slobber knocker at the beginning, then turned out being complete domination by Lance Archer. I have, I'm for one, have watched Dustin's career for a long time when he was Gold Dust in the WWE, and for the first time, the last two Wednesday nights, I've noticed that Dustin Rhodes has. Experienced Showing that he is slow in the ring. He's showing his age. I'm not bashing the man. The guy's 51 at 52 years old. Um, the guy's had a hell of a career. Um, but having him face Lance Archer is questionable by AEW. But I see what they're trying to do with the storyline. And I know they're trying. They're all they're building that arc between Cody and Lance from day from I don't know, day one um, for about a month now. When Jake the Snake Roberts came into the scene. I'm talking about how Lance Archer is going to be an enforcer to correct Caesar in his palace, pretty much taking a shot at Cody and his Caesar-like um, 
aspect to the AEW and his ability to represent the company like another person did in the other promotion that uh, Cody left because he despised. And you know, J- Jake and Snake Roberts was trying to compare them two together. But Lance Archer is a different kind of big guy. As you, as we've known as wrestling fans, we've seen big guys like Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, uh, the great Khali, the Giant. They use their size and strength to bulldoze through their opponents, choke slams at the choke slams. But we've never seen a big guy unlike Lance Archer. Yes, Lance Archer has similar skills like Luchasaurus in the AEW. Does those type of kicks and flips but Lance Archer has more he's bigger than Luchasaurus he's more of a he's more of a badass than Luchasaurus but he showed a couple things in the ring this Wednesday night that made me go damn double nothing is going to be a hell of a pay-per-view between Cody and Lance Archer it's going to be a hell of a match for the TNT championship that man just completely slobber knocker to start the match with Dust, uh, Dustin Rhodes and turned out to be pure, pure domination. Uh, Lance Archer made Dustin Rhodes look like he was literally a retired wrestler. It was that, that bad. And it's not really bashing the man, not bashing Co- uh, Dustin, excuse me, uh, but Lance Archer being Cole Cabana and Dustin Rhodes, now he has Cody. I think people I saw on social media that Cody had an easier way. He had, you know, Sean Spears and Darby Allen. I don't think so. Really, I don't. I just think that no matter how this bracket was going to be formed, I still believed, and I, because of you know, the promotions of Jake Snake, that it was going to be Cody and Dustin at the end, and it was. Um, but. Even though I said the best friends and Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc's match was the best match of the night, Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes was a you know brutal match, um, more of a dominating match than the best match of the night. Um, it was a match where you can finally say Lance Archer belongs in the business. Lance Archer can represent as a true heel type of character. And it's going to be something very interesting to follow over the next four weeks when we see this Lance Archer and Cody storyline start to build for the May 23rd pay-per-view of Double or Nothing. That will be um, on Bleacher Report and I think Fight TV in the UK, if I'm correct. Um, but hell of a dynamite you can tell these guys con the young bucks cody you know how much work they put into this to try and get this as a good show uh we do know that they are going to be live for the next aew they're going to get everything going for the live show so we're going to get more guys next week as we start building up to aew double or nothing on may 23rd which I'm excited for. I can't wait for that pay-per-view. Last year's Double or Nothing was awesome. I can't wait for this Double or Nothing because I'm really looking forward to that Cody versus Lance Archer match. Now we get into the final subject of the day, and we're going to dig into what is buzzing outside of the AEW that is related to the AEW. Well, if you're fans of being the Elite, which are produced by the Young Bucks, 
and you know and you've followed them for the last three years since they started their YouTube series. They've always had a little sneaky rivalry with a tag team that was employed by the WWE. This tag team has been released by the WWE. And how deep does it go? Well, a couple years ago, Cody, the Young Bucks, kept saying FTR. And for you kids out there that are listening to this podcast, and you're not supposed to be listening to this podcast, FTR stands for Fuck the Revival. But now, it stands for something else. I think it stands for Free the Revolt, I think. But FTR was Fuck the Revival. But still, it was so bad that the WWE had to write cease and assist. You know Cody has anger towards that company when he can't use his last name in his matches because they copyrighted Rhodes. How stupid is that? That's a different subject from a different day. The news relations about the AEW is that it seems like the Revival or the Revolt are AEW bound. They haven't made their appearance yet, but if I was a betting man, I gave them a 90% chance that they will show up next Wednesday night on Dynamite so they can start getting their little fix in, most likely with the Young Bucks, and we might have the Revival and the Young Bucks at AEW Double or Nothing here in three and a half weeks to four weeks away. That would be an incredible match. It's two years build up being the elite YouTube series that is produced by the Young Bucks, and it'd be awesome to see it finally come together at a pay-per-view between the two tag teams that despise each other but respect each other but both claim that they're best in the world so it'd be awesome to see both of them in action on pay-per-view and i'm gonna tell you if they're called the revolt if they're called the revival who the hell cares that tag team just spices up the AEW's tag team division by tenfold and it's something that everyone needs to enjoy because it's awesome to see great tag teams in the AEW so with that with even though you get the pipes of the great tag teams and great tag teams lead to great shows, great promotions, great events, great get-togethers with fans. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think I've gone long enough to talk about this week. Oh, I almost forgot to do my heel of the week for the AEW. I'm not gonna, you know, say anything else. But Lance Archer is the heel of the week. That man showed it. Awesome match. Gruesome match. Pure domination of Dustin Rhodes. With that, ladies and gentlemen, now I can leave. Thank you for listening to AEW Dynamite Review for April 29th's episode. I do apologize for the late release. I did have some personal issues that happened this week that I had to take care of. But with that, I had to drop it. Here it is. It's Saturday. I'm dropping it on a Saturday, so you might get double. We got a AEW recap and a SmackDown recap dropping on the same day. Get you some. Anyways, you can follow us easily at the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast YouTube page. Also, we're on Facebook at the Shooting Gallery Wrestling Podcast. And if you want to follow us on Twitter at PWNSGWP. And you can follow our website at PWNNewsroom.com. I'm James Marie, a.k.a. J-Dash. And we'll see you guys for the SmackDown review of the week. Take care, ladies and gentlemen.